Thanks for listening to the Unlocking Athletes podcast presented by EAX Athlete Academy, where we dive into youth sports and everything that comes with it. I'm your host, Nate Woodruff, Athlete Academy Director and General Manager of Evolution Athletics Gym in West End, North Carolina. Today, I'm excited to have one of my athletes, John Luke Taylor, on the podcast. I've had the pleasure to work with John Luke for almost two years now, and I'm extremely proud to be a part of his journey. When, when he first walked in, having just finished his junior football season, he was discouraged with a lack of playing time. As a defensive lineman, he was undersized and not nearly strong enough to compete for a starting spot. We talked about what the journey would look like, from training to sleep to hydration and nutrition. He said, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. We got to work that day. By the time fall camp started, he had gained nearly 30 pounds of muscle and dropped his body fat significantly. He not only became a day one starter, but was a leader on the defensive side, anchoring the nose guard position. We continued to work throughout the season, through an injury, which you'll hear about, and into a conference championship for the first time in school history. Not only did he have a successful season, but because of the work that he put in and his performance on the field, he was now fielding college offers from several different schools at all different levels. Eventually, he was offered a preferred walk-on spot at Division I Wofford College, which he accepted. Throughout this podcast, you'll get to hear about his journey and what it took to get him where he is now, how he fought through injury, and some advice for younger athletes who want to play in college. John Luke is an awesome picture of what hard work and being coachable can do for you. He's become a really good athlete, but more importantly, he's a great person and someone that all of our younger athletes should look up to as the example of what our Athlete Academy is all about. Now let's dive into episode two of Unlocking Athletes. Uh, so we're here with John Luke, um, almost graduated senior at Pinecrest High School, headed to Wofford University on preferred walk-on spot. Um, so I guess first off, just kind of intro yourself, talk a little bit about what your background is athletically, um, kind of what you grew up doing when football kind of became your thing, and we'll kind of go from there. Well, what's good? Well, thanks for having me on the podcast, Nate. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking about this for a while, and it's good to see that this is finally something. Um, a background athletically, you know, um, you know, started out like six years old playing. Earliest memory was playing soccer. Um, second grade, played a little like YMCA, like little kid rec league. Uh, yes, I was shooting threes. <laughs> I was I was a sharpshooter. Um, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, you know, couldn't defend, but I could shoot. After kind of sixth grade, I didn't really listen around anything athletically um, until I moved to North Carolina. And around seventh grade was when I started playing football. And, you know, COVID hit and my team kind of got dismantled. And I wanted to commit to, like, a really good team. And I played Pinecrest my freshman year. Um, and sure enough, um, my dad wanted to retire up here anyway, so we moved, moved to Pinehurst. And just working my way up the totem pole here, and it's been an awesome journey. So what school were you at before <clears throat> Pinecrest? Uh, I was at Village Christian Academy. Okay. Um, talk a little bit about the difference in, like, the private school, public school, athletics, kind of what what you saw the differences were, why <laughs> why you came to Pinecrest, kind of what, what you saw. What was it called? So 7th and 8th grade, I played for Village, and then – kind of eighth grade year village broke down and then I played for a homeschool league and the difference between all three of those is insane well first of all the amount of people the amount of people that you draw from from even home <clears throat> from even homeschool in 1a is so much smaller you don't have the talent that you can get at the 1a or at the 4a perspective and 
at 4A, from what I've heard and seen across like all schools, it's treated more like a college program because of how many people want you, how like high school media and high school like sports locally looks at you, and the training that goes into you know all of that is so much more at an elite level than at those 1A uh, private schools and homeschool leagues. Yeah, I mean, I would assume the like you said, the competition ends up being a lot, a lot steeper. Um, and the training's better too, dude. Like the coaches yeah. that you can get at 4A is yeah. like endless. Like the amount of like um, experienced guys is just yeah. the pool is so much bigger. Yeah, financially, you're obviously in a better spot too because you got more mm-hmm. kids, means more parents, means more families, means more dollars. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, cool, very cool. Oh yeah. Um. All right, well, let's kind of dive into training and kind of how we met and what happened here. And, um, so I guess talk about kind of some of the goals that you had, why you came in the door, um, you know, what were you trying to do uh, training-wise, um, and I guess kind of the process that we went through kind of to get you where you're at now. So what's it called? So I didn't really start working out until 10th grade year, and same thing with 11th grade year. Like, I just – had really no goals coming into Pinecrest. And then, you know, finally, after junior year, all we were brand new head coaches with us, and he said, okay, y'all are the next people up. Y'all are the seniors. And it kind of hit me. I was like, whoa. Like, it's, it's now my turn. After kind of being the underdog my whole life, it was like, wow, like, I could actually be something. And, you know, I've heard of, heard of you and um, through, like, mutual friends on the football team and, you know, what you were doing here. Um, honestly, you had uh, two people go to Division One who played for Pinecrest two years earlier, and I was like, "This dude's legit." So, walked in the door. I was like, "Hey, I want to be, you know, big and strong, kind of work hand in hand." But I don't want to just be big. I want to be strong, because that's where, you know, your athletic ability can just go to a whole new level. Is if you're just if you're strong. So, I guess my goal was just to be in the best physical condition I could have been in for a D lineman um, because you need that mass but you also need that strength yeah. so and first one I the door we went through a little intro week kind of got a taste of how you know hard slash awesome it was going to be because you know you're like killing me on some days but you're stopped at some time yeah. um, and then you know I just kind of treated it like you know every week was a new week how am I going to get better every single week um, how am I going to, like, get the edge on everyone else? Um, what's it called? I remember when we started, let's see, second semester junior year, I remember working out during fourth period and then coming straight here to get another two and a half hours of training. And I think over time, kind of that two-a-day lifestyle I did uh, helped me in the long run because it conditioned me a whole lot more than everyone else. And I was just just getting mass on top of mass on top of mass. And you preached when I was coming in that I had like water, eight hours of sleep, protein, like being account being accountable for myself and for everyone else that was on my team because that's the championship mentality that we need to have. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the unique things that like the challenges I guess that we had was obviously you're undersized for a defensive lineman. Oh yeah. Um for reference obviously you can't see in the audio um but you're about what five nine five nine five ten yeah so on a good day yeah so the th- some of the things that we talked about 
I think we're trying to maximize technique, trying to maximize strength, trying to maximize mindset. Um, and, and we talked about it a lot, but being anytime you're undersized or anything like that, like everything else has to be dialed in, mm-hmm. right? To be to be able to play at an elite level. Um, you know, if you're six five, two eighty, and run a four six, there's not a whole lot of training that needs to be put in there. Oh yeah. Um, but especially to play a defensive line uh, where you're trying to move around 300 pound offensive linemen that are six two, six three, you got to be really strong. You got to be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So we talked a lot about that. Um, talk a little bit about kind of the nutrition side of it, uh, like how we change that, and kind of the. I guess the process of like the NutriShop check-ins and all mm-hmm. those kind of things um, and kind of how that all played out. What's it called? I mean, with nutrition specifically, um, I just kind of sat down with you and like what was at NutriShop, what I could get. And <clears throat> even at home when I could probably cook for myself, kind of meal prep and everything, because I never meal prepped before uh, until senior year <clears throat> or leading up to senior year. And I just remember, you know, chicken breasts, protein shakes, creatine, even, um, you know, what kind of pre-workouts I could use, what kind of BCAAs I could use, what kind of I could um, do to, like, with that in order to get the most out of what I was eating. Like, even the sleeping part, too, we talked about a lot. Because um, that was a really bad habit of mine, I was not getting enough sleep. Not eat. A big issue with today that I see with a lot of young athletes, and even athletes now that are my age, is that we don't eat, like, as much as we should. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're full, but like you still need to get you still need to get the extra fifty grams of protein. Right, the right the right calories. <laughs> the, the, the right, right cal- type of full. Not yeah. not that uh not that McDonald's kind of full. Right, where it's just you know, like two hamburgers, 20, yeah. 20 nuggets, and everything, and like two large fries. That's we know certainly people like that. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's with nutrition there's a lot of meal prepping that actually goes into it and that's something that I didn't know coming in was how much time you have to actually spend at the beginning of the week looking at your meal plan looking when you're gonna have to eat because you know going to Walford a D1 school like it says in the freshman handbook we want you to be eating five to six times a day um, like you know two breakfasts two lunch a dinner and a snack and People think, oh, that's a like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. But if you space it out, it's really not. Yeah, you're not eating huge, massive meals every time you eat. No. Like, yeah, you need to maybe eat like maybe almost a whole chicken breast for like lunch, maybe even dinner. But if you kind of, you know, eat like a protein bar and like a protein shake, like in one thing, that's, you know, almost, if you do it right, that's almost 80 grams of protein out the door. And if you're trying to make body weight protein, that's a really good way of doing that. But like I said, kind of the managing food piece was new to me. That was a really good thing that you did, was just guiding me through that process. Do you remember what your numbers were when we started? Because I know the main ones we were looking at was overall body weight, Mm -hmm. skeletal muscle mass, and then we were looking at body fat percentage. So my body fat percentage going in wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but I was at like maybe 30% body fat. I was around like 200 maybe a little above that yeah. and I had about 80 pounds of just schedule of muscle mass compared to now those are like oh my god yeah yeah you're almost 250 now with 20 I'm, two, I'm 250 I'm at 22 percent 23 percent body fat 
And I think the last time I did a check-in, I was like maybe 105, 106. So 25, 25 pounds of muscle? Yep. Yeah, so that, that was the main thing. I think that, like, that was the challenge for us, right, was, like, we need to gain weight, but we don't want, like you said, we don't want to be just fat. Yeah. Right, we want to be able to gain weight, but drop body fat percentage at the same time, which is really hard to do and takes a ton of discipline, mm-hmm. um, which is what you're talking about there. Um, yeah, I think that's huge, and I think that, there's not a lot of athletes that do that for sure mm-hmm. um, or that are willing to do that, I oh, think yeah. is the hard thing. Um, I feel like one of the things that I've noticed recently um, is that I feel like athletes just want things to be easy. Like, and it's a natural, like, thing. everybody like wants yeah. their life to be easy and wants things to be easy. Um, it's hard. Yeah, but if you talk to the elite athletes, like, they want it to be hard. Mm-hmm. Like they want the challenge. They want it to be difficult. Um, I mean, and and you can tell when you work with some of the younger kids, especially um, the ones that are like, "Is that it? Like, can I do more? Can I add this? Can I do this?" Um, and sometimes you kind of have to rein that rein that in a little bit as a coach. But when you get guys like you that'll just buy in and just say, "Hey, this is like, I'm gonna do this," and then you start to see the results from it. Mm-hmm. Like that's when the buy in comes, and that's. I think it took, it didn't take you very long. I think it took you a couple of weeks. Like maybe that first NutriShop check-in where yeah. you would drop body fat, added muscle, and gained weight. And we yeah. were like, oh, this this actually works. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, every, every week, every two weeks, I remember going to yeah. the NutriShop checking in. And I would just get, I would get frustrated when I was like, what? Yeah. I didn't drop anything. I didn't gain anything. Like, come on now. Yeah. And um, that was certainly... It was also, it was kind of fun because it was like it was it was a challenge and I was just like oh how many how, how much percent can I get down today yeah. how much how many pounds can I gain a day in muscle and it was like it wasn't a it wasn't a game almost but it was like oh okay let's see how yeah. much I could push myself yeah I mean when you can like start to visually see the results and feel the results and see it on paper it's I good motiv- it's good motivation absolutely absolutely and I feel like that's what um, Certainly, a lot of people, especially young kids, struggle with when they're you know not really fully committed to sports is like motivation to yeah. like you know we always you know want to like make our parents proud and everything whenever we do sports, but outside of that, when you're really young, there's not much motivation unless you really just love the sport. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, it all comes. It doesn't really all come down to motivation, but it all comes down to like your drive to do the certain like the extra stuff you talked about i think that yeah i think to your point the the discipline over the motivation Mm -hmm. is the key right because everybody there's always going to be days where it's like i don't feel like working out today i don't feel like eating right today i don't feel like i just want to stay up and watch youtube all night like but understanding that hey there's a bigger goal and what i'm i don't have to enjoy what i'm doing right now but i need to enjoy what what i'm doing allows me to do later Mm -hmm. right and i think that's that's our society in general, I think, right now anyways, just kind of that instant gratification and all that kind of stuff. But You see, there was a undersized wide receiver for the Patriots, Wes Welker. He, I remember watching um, the Tom Brady documentary, and I remember him saying how, you know, you're surrounded by all these freak athletes, and at first you're like, how am I going to keep up with it? But, he, you know, like him, he stayed disciplined. He, you know, he outworked – like the freak athlete because it didn't want to work yeah he you know and that's why you always i personally have to have the discipline plus the underdog mentality because you're like oh you're gonna count me out well i'm gonna show you yeah 
And that's kind of what's tripping me through my high school career. It was like, oh, okay, you think I'm nothing? I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and for reference, I mean, your junior year went from not really playing a lot. Oh, yeah, no. Right? And now we're Division One athletes. I know. Which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so that kind of going into your senior year a little bit, um, you know, have a really good start to your season. Um, then towards the end of the season, get an injury, get a knee injury. Talk a little bit about that and kind of like what your thought process was through that injury and then mm -hmm. kind of how we worked back through that. We'll see, Cobb. Well, playing football from seventh grade on, I never had an injury. I think I maybe had like one minor, like maybe a dislocated pinky that I popped back in. Um, maybe like some hand injuries that like never kept me out. So uh, I tore my meniscus in the last game of the regular season, and it was scary because I never had an injury like that before. Um, I knew people on the team that had these kind of injuries, but I was like, oh, well, you know, that'll never happen to me. And then sure enough, second drive of the first quarter, defensively, bam. And at first, I was on the ground, I was scared, and throughout that entire night, I was scared, because it was senior night, and I was like, oh my gosh, season's over. And, you know, you have that one teammate who's like, oh my god, you <laughs> tore your ACL, oh my gosh, I was like, can you shut up, like, stop. <laughs> But um, the day after, I went to go get a uh, – I didn't, couldn't do anything over the weekend because the doctor's office was closed. So I went in on Monday. Um, I couldn't put – I could put a little bit of, like, um, weight on it. Um, but I walked <clears> – <throat> what's it called? Training staff at Pinecrest really helped walk through everything. And even um, the doctors, they were like, hey, listen, that's torn. We know it is. You can't do much else to it. Do you want to play on it? And I was like, we're in playoffs. Hell yeah! I want yeah. I, like yeah. It's like I'm not <laughs> I'm not missing my senior the rest right. of my senior season because of a knee injury. <clears throat> so I got put into got put in a knee brace. Um, played started two more games on it, which probably wasn't the best idea to go full force. But um, we ended up losing second round. But after that, it was just like, okay, when can I get surgery? When can I, you know, start to recover? So sure enough, I got. Uh, knee surgery in this early December and sure enough um, I was out for about a month uh, over Christmas which probably wasn't the best time to be sitting around doing nothing gained a few pounds I probably shouldn't have but you know you gotta you gotta love that after Thanksgiving and Christmas wait yeah no doubt I and uh, what's it called start came back in here a little bit earlier then the doctors told me came back into the facility around beginning of January and I was I was just doing mostly upper body stuff and then once I kind of got the okay to like start doing stuff it was like every week just we talked even we talked like we talked about it beforehand like okay you know because you obviously dealt with some athletes with some injuries before and some major some minor um and it's all about planning and how what you, what are you going to do the next week? What am I going to do to, uh, this week to prepare for next week and to add on to it? Because I remember, you know, being a guy who squats, you know, 405 plus, um, coming back and, you know, barely being able to squat like 315 was like it was like a shocker. I was like, oh, okay. And I also feel like it was just really giving up, uh, getting over the mental piece. Because when I had my surgery, doctors were like, oh, yeah, you can play today if you want to. I was like, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> but, 
yeah. yeah, but definitely the mental piece was the biggest thing I had to overcome with the injury and kind of coming back. And, like, even now sometimes I struggle with, like, when I have, you know, doing a heavy squat or heavy front squat, I'm like, okay, yeah, take a deep breath. Like, I got this. Your knee's okay. Yeah. Knee's okay. You, you had surgery for a reason. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, that – I think that's always like I know I was lucky to never have any kind of catastrophic injury no. um, to a lower body. Um, my shoulder and stuff popped out a few times. Had surgery on that after college, but it wasn't like I never really thought about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so the lower body piece is so much different because obviously you're on it all the time, and it supports every lift that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the. The thing that I'm super thankful for here is like we have a PT uh, staff mm-hmm. on site, so that's huge for us. Um, biophysical therapy has been awesome. Oh yeah. Um, and so I'm able to like communicate with them about like, hey, John Luke's got a just had meniscus surgery. Like, what do we do? What do we not do? Yeah. Like, what should I be looking for as far as pain or imbalances or anything like that? Um, and we can kind of communicate about what that looks like so we ended up doing um a lot more single leg stuff yep. a lot more tempo stuff um just to kind of build that strength back and we're not quite to a testing cycle yet we are we'll be there in probably two or three weeks i think yeah three weeks um so i'll be really interested to see if you're back or even ahead of where mm-hmm. you were um what's it called i feel like um with my knee, because what's it called? I went to one. They off. They said, "Hey, go to one physical therapy session." Uh, like at we're at the clinic down here, and I went. And the hardest thing for me was just going downstairs, not going up, going down. And that and it scared me a little bit. I was like, "Oh no!" Like I can't even go down the stairs properly now. Yeah. Like what if it stays like this? And what's it called? And even the small steps, like overcoming an injury like that minor or major is when you finally can do something that the injury took away from you. Yeah, that like you used it, to be able to do. Yeah, like, let's just say you had a hand injury and now you can, like, finally move it. You're like, wow. Like, yeah. I can actually, like, going, even, like, the day I go went down the stairs without my knee shaking, I was like, I'm back. Like, yeah. okay, now we can do right stuff. And it gives you, a, I think, two things. It gives you kind of a sense of gratitude, too, mm-hmm. for, like, like, hey, this can be taken away at any time. Yeah. Like, enjoy the time that you have. But also, each one of those steps gives you that little bit of confidence of, like, all right, I can walk downstairs now. All right, well, maybe let's try to do an air squat. All right, mm-hmm. now I, maybe I'll try to do a single leg squat. Maybe I'll try to do a back squat. Yeah. Um, so each one of those kind of steps just gets you a little bit closer and a little bit closer, and you mm-hmm. kind of build that that bank of confidence. I mean, I had friends who um, – I had a really good friend who tore his MCL and his meniscus his junior year toward the end of it. And – Retore his or sprained his his MCL again this season was out for like three games, and I just thought, oh, it's an injury, like he'll be back. But now having one myself, having an injury like myself, like I now respect him more because I know now what he had to go through. Yeah. Like because going through like I said, going through knee injuries and going through leg injuries in general. It's hard coming back from because, like you said, it's every day you're using it. Yeah. And, you know, if, let's just say you're out from doing a back squat for, you know, a month, two months, that hurts your game because now you're not steady, you know, your footwork's a little bit off. And, but like you said, it's, you got you to be grateful for whenever you play the game that you love. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I mean, we had obviously Jackson I mean, had a similar thing, uh, snapped his tip fib in a preseason game, right? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, we, it was in practice. I remember. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember just hearing a scream on the offensive field, and we were like, "What the? What was that?" Yeah. And sure enough, um, when he was down, oh, and he was not getting up because you know Jackson's a pretty, you know. He's he's a pretty you know sound guy. Like he nothing really scares him, but I could tell when he was getting in the ambulance. I was like, yeah, he's uh, yeah. he's scared. And that was the biggest thing for him. I mean, it, it was his was a little more longer recovery and that kind of oh, thing. Oh yeah, I mean, um, metal rods. Yeah, metal rods in your leg like, don't help. Um, but that was his biggest thing was like just the mental side of it. Um, I mean, I remember him being stuck on like a three fifteen back squat for like weeks at a time knowing that he could easily put on 375 and it would be no problem. Mm-hmm. But, like, mentally, he couldn't. He would get it out of the rack and, like, stand up for a second and then put it back in the rack. Um, and it was just mental for him. Like, he was ready uh, physically, but that mental side is mm-hmm. is huge for sure. What's it called? Even, when I, even, even with, like, moving heavyweight in general for me, like, even – even before the injury, like going above, you know, what my old max was, like doing a new max scared me yeah. because I did like, can I actually do this? And, you know, like it's all about self confidence and it's always about, you know, is your drive for, you can't be scared. Like, is your drive to be better gonna overcome the fear? Yeah. And when that finally clicks, it's like you're back to the, your old self. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's how you are now. That's how he is now. Is mm-hmm. kind of working there, working back to yeah. it. I remember when he was like going for new back squats, and like we're all watching because we're trying to hype him up, and he's and like you could see him like, can I do this? Yeah, can I do this? And sure enough, and like it was such a proud moment to see yeah. him finally like overcome like yeah. what was bad. So yeah, it it was frustrating as a coach because it's like. There's not a whole lot, as a, like on my side, there's not a whole lot that I can do to like get his middle, like, you know, like get his mentality back to, because it's all about how your leg feels and how you feel. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's hard to like, I mean, you can program some, some different things. Um, like I said, each, each one of those kind of little things that you couldn't do before that you can do now, that kind of banks, you know, banks some confidence in there. But it took a long time. Um, to get him. and it, I think it was even worse on like cleans, uh, like oh. Olympic lifts where you have to like absorb weight, catch weight, um, and like react. Your body has to react a little bit to the weight. I think that was even harder for him. Even five ten five for me was like yeah, shuttles, like yeah. like planting that left foot down. Yeah, was just oh my gosh, like yeah, I was scared. I remember doing some training for some D line training after I committed to Wofford, and I remember I was doing like some bag drills. And I was like, well, one, I was like, hey, I'm really out of shape. <laughs> second, I, and the second, I was like, my knee, like, it feels good. Yeah. But it also was scary because I never, like, planned my foot in, like, three months. So, like I said, it's all about over- taking baby steps and just overcoming the mental piece. Yeah. And good thing, we're kind of through that now, and we're back to – Full weight, throwing some full weight, weight everything, throwing Front. weight around, sprinting, changing direction, um, showing showing the little kids how to do it. Yeah, yeah, you've been doing a lot, a lot more uh, conditioning circuits and that kind of stuff recently, which has been good. Um, cool. Well, let's end this thing with some some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about three things that you know now as a mm-hmm. almost graduated high school senior 
that you wish you had known coming into high school or any advice that you might give young athletes? Well, three things. Well, I really got really got two. One, I really wish I would have known more about the weightlifting piece of high school and football in general and how much of your time is that. And, you know, how much time you have to put in outside of just going to school and going to practice. Like, you can have a weight training block and you can have a um, practice right after that, but it's what you do outside of kind of the outside of the school piece is what gets you to the next level. Right. And, you know, as a guy who never touched a barbell until sophomore year of high school, that was a really kind of big challenge of like kind of learning the weight room as I progressed through high school. Yeah. So, I mean, when I see like young kids in here, like, you know, you know, like eight year olds to like 12 year olds, like even coming in here, just hanging around, it's, you know, like I feel, I wish I was in their shoes, like getting in here early, knowing how the weight room works so that when I walk in ninth grade year, even if I was undersized and if I had that experience, I would have probably played a little bit more than I had. And, you know, but I'm also kind of grateful for, you know, how my high school experience has gone because like you said, like I wouldn't have gotten where I yeah. am now without, yeah, for like, sure. without the journey I've been through. Yeah. But just getting in the weight room early is one thing I wish I would have known. The second thing I wish I would have known is that we, you know, there's football of the game and there's football of the sport. And the sport aspect, like the game is just like going out there and hit people. Yeah. The sport aspect of it is how can I get the edge on you? You know, how much time can I spend in the weight room today? I wish I would have known how kind of football works, you know, defensively, schemes, like, go to, like, even, for, even offensively. Well, what they're looking for. How are they looking to pick us apart? How, like, what defense could we use against this specific yeah. kind of offense? Because, you know, for JV, you, we don't really worry about that. But once you get to the varsity level, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You've got, you know, one offense. We got one offense that's more like kind of a West Coast offense. And then you got another one that's just specifically like run set. Like, we're going to run it down your throat the entire game. Like, you can't stop us. Yeah. And you know, being called upon senior year to kind of be the leader of the defensive line, leader of the defense, and having to kind of semi be like a tough guy almost. I wish I would have known more, like I said, about football, the sport, knowing kind of the mental part of the game. Yeah, knowing the technical how to, side. Yeah. And so I could have probably been more prepared and a little bit better, but it all worked out in the end, but yeah. that's the other thing. And for the advice piece, you know, just commit to the process, be coachable, and be a good teammate. Because if you do those three things, you'll be a better athlete than the freak athlete who has no work ethic. Yeah. Yeah, let's touch – I want to touch back on what you said for that first one. Um, <laughs> you mentioned, like, just wishing you had started earlier with strength work. Like, every single high school, college, pro athlete that I've ever talked with has said the exact same thing. Um, and I tell kids all the time, because I've, I've had multiple parents be like, oh, is it too early to start my kids? Like, should I wait and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, listen, I've never talked to a college coach that said, I wish this kid wasn't as strong as he is. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish he was weaker. I wish he was slower. Like, no coach has ever said that in the history of coaching. <laughs> um, I would hope not. Yeah, so like, yes, start them. Yes, get them in the weight room as quickly as possible. 
um, yes, for strength, but also just like I see it with these kids. You probably do too. With the younger kids, a lot of it is just like their confidence. Like all of a sudden, they're more confident in school, and they're more confident talking to people, and they're looking adults in the eye when they talk to them, and like little stuff like that is huge. And it all comes from just like being stronger, yeah, um, being a tougher human. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you'll you'll find yourself in the weight room, dude. You'll find yeah. your, you'll find, and you know some people when they come, like if a kid came in here early, like unless and he's just like this is not for me, like I don't like this is not for me, yeah. And that it's better for him to find that out, you know, right now, yeah. Now, than like middle of senior year, like man, why did I even do this? Yeah. But if you find, but when you find that diamond in rough, that kid who's like, you know, let's just take me for example, like the, the kid who's in seventh grade, who you know is at the bottom of the totem pole, but he's starting to get in the weight room a little bit. Yeah. And if he was to progress even from then, like think about how much better of an athlete you would be yeah. if you would have started then. Right. And you know right like you don't have to wait till college to get strong you don't have to wait till high school to get strong you can get strong now you yeah. can get strong like whenever like your parents or when you feel comfortable yeah and well that's what's cool about these young kids that are coming in now like we've got a i don't know probably seven or eight kids now that are between like nine and 13 yeah that are working out um they're throwing some weight and, around yeah and they don't get it yet but like they're gonna walk into a high school weight room as a freshman and A, be one of the strongest kids in there, but also, like, know how to do stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> the number of, like, high school kids and college kids that didn't play sports that have come in in here and not known how to, like, do an air squat or a push-up or, like, how do you go through middle school and high school and not know how to do any of that? I don't understand. So, I mean, just the value of being able to walk into a weight room and be like, oh, there's a barbell. It weighs 45 pounds. Here's I'm gonna put 45s on. That's 135. Like just being able to do barbell math. Yeah. Um, that that was definitely a struggle for me coming like, into 10th grade. But it becomes automatic. Yeah. You know? like, and like these kids are gonna know that as 10 year olds, mm-hmm. as opposed to 14 year olds. Yeah. So you've even got the, a four year advance yeah. on everybody. Even the new guys who come in who are in high school, they're like, Hey, John, like, what's the, what? How much weight is that? I was like, That's a that's a 45. That's two 45s and a 10. That's you know, yeah. That's 155 easy bam and they're like oh oh okay thank you i'm like but dude you gotta know how to do this on yeah. your own yeah, like you can't be. and at some point it becomes automatic but that like being able to start early like that is mm-hmm. such an advantage like I, i'm just like you like i didn't really figure i didn't really figure out the weight room aspect until college really mm-hmm. i was just a i was six five so i had more opportunities just because i was a bigger kid mm-hmm. um and so I, you know, was good enough to play in high school. And then when I got to college, I got introduced to the weight room mandatorily. Oh, yeah. I was like, hey, this is what you're going to do. Um, and that's when I started to figure out, yeah. like, dang, like, if I had done this eight years yeah. ago, I'd probably be a lot better shape <laughs> oh, right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Um, what was it called? Yeah. And the other one you, you talked about was uh, doing stuff outside of just, like, weight room and practice. Yeah. And I think that's huge. And what what people kind of miss a lot of times is, like, like, hey, you're going to the team workouts and you're going to team practice. Everybody's doing that. Yeah. Like, that's not an option. Yeah. Every single football player in America yeah. is going to team workouts and team practice mm-hmm. and games. Like, that's you're not getting an advantage on anybody doing that. Yeah. Like, like let's just say you have like, and this is this is the mindset I had. Like, you, you had the let's just say you had the starter, who all he did was you know show up at practice and now let's now he balled out of practice but you know he didn't do anything outside of that 
but you got the backup dude who's balling out at practice and getting another two hours of, let's just say, film, practice, treatment, yeah. whatever, that's getting the edge. And sure enough, pro- most likely that kid will be starting in a couple weeks, most likely. Yeah. And it's all about, and even like what you said with the young kids, like if the young kids come in to high school and they know what they're doing and they know like they don't need coach like walking them through everything, kind of having the intro like yeah. all freshmen get, he's going to have more trust than him. And he's probably going to get on the field a lot sooner than, you know, half these yeah. other kids. And now that kid can start to focus on the second thing, which you were talking about, of like the strategy side of it, because mm-hmm. they're already strong and fast. Yeah. So now it's like, all right, now that I have that, I have that base already. Now let me try to figure out how to play football. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that's that one's huge. And I, I think it's hard to do that with younger kids because they don't know it yet. But, like, once you kind of get into that idea of, hey, what is the – like, for me, I was off. I was an offensive guy. I was a quarterback, tight end mm-hmm. receiver. So it's like, what are they trying to do to me? How mm-hmm. do I defeat that? Um, and that's what I really started to figure out in college, and that's where I had some success was, like, I was not an overly athletic. I'm just a tall, average white dude. Like, I'm not yeah. nothing, mm-hmm. anything special. Oh, no. Um, you seem pretty fit. <laughs> not, I wasn't then. <laughs> uh, not super fast, um, not super shifty or anything like that. S- certainly not shiftier and faster than the guys that were guarding me. But if I knew, like, hey, in cover three, this guy's got the flat, so I need to try to work outside shoulder and I can work outside. Mm-hmm. Like, those types of things, or he's going to run to the flat, so if I run inside shoulder and pin inside, I'm open. Like, those kind of, if I knew what they were going to do defensively and I could tell kind of coverage-wise what they were doing, I was able to get open. Same kind of thing with, with you watching film. Like, if you know that, hey, this guy, you know, likes to overstep outside, all right, cool, I'm going to give him something outside and go inside. Mm-hmm. Like, just knowing that kind of stuff is super advanced yeah. I think but for people who aren't freak athletes like you and I like if you can get good at that stuff mm-hmm. now you become a, an elite level athlete yeah. not because you're more athletic but because yeah. you're smarter than the next person I remember doing an interview uh, during the season for Pinecrest um, we did this like weekly thing where we had like kind of like the leaders like seniors just come in and like do interviews and I remember well, the guy that was interviewing us he was like Hey, so John Luke, uh, good having you on. Uh, so, when you're looking at like an offensive lineman trying to get reads and everything, like what do you look at? Do you look at like the hand placement? Like, like do you like does, is that a key for you? Like hand placement? I was like, no, like it's not. It's all about their like their footing, how they're lined up, what are their what are their splits like, how far they across from each other. You know, like you can tell specifically who we played if if they were they were wide in their splits, they were going to pass. If they were tight, they were going to run. And sure enough, the head coach was with us when we did that interview. And when I said that, they were like, wait, you actually look at that? I'm like, uh, yeah, because that's the biggest giveaway. Yeah. And sure enough, in the film session the next day for defense, we were looking at that exact same thing. I'm just saying we won 41-23. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. So, so, but yeah, like you said, look, picking up on that stuff, getting the strategy base down, doing the little things with that specifically, that makes it to where you're not really playing football. Like... You just can figure out how to win games at that point, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, understanding understanding your opponent, what they're trying to do to you, I think is like it's almost kind of that most elite level of kind of the mental side of sports. I think, yeah, um, like getting your crap, like getting strong and fast is kind of the base, right? If you're not strong and fast, you're not going to play. Yeah, um, and then like learning how to be aggressive, learning how to be violent. Um, learning the technical aspects of what you're doing 
right? That's kind of the progression. And then you get to the point where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm strong and fast. I can play with violence. I know what I'm doing. I can do anything that I need to do physically. Um, and then that kind of last aspect and what I think gets people either from the high school level to the college level, from the D3 level to the D1 level, from college to pro, is that mental side of like, if I know exactly what they're going to do to me and I know exactly what I'm going to do to beat it and it yep. becomes reactionary. Yeah. Um, and I think once you have that, like you're, you become really hard to beat. Oh yeah. Regardless of how, like, obviously if you get a freak athlete that thinks like that, yeah. that's when you got NFL guys, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, they're six, five and two eighty and run four, four and they're mm-hmm. play linebacker. Um, and they know what the offense is doing. Okay, cool. Now you're an NFL player. Good job. But for yeah. 98% of us, if we can get to that mental side of it, like that's that's where you can really yeah. – it becomes a lot more yeah. fun too because you know what the other team's going to do and you know what you're going to do to defeat it. Yeah. And it becomes really easy. Even at the D1 level when I first went in um, for kind of my visit, I, I just asked because being an undersized D lineman, I'm like, <clears throat> why are you looking at me? And they pulled, sure enough, they pulled up my film and the D line coach just like – you, you did this really well, this really well, this really well. Uh, your reaction time's pretty good, like so on and so forth. I was like, I've never even picked up on that. Yeah. So it's amazing now how much film actually works in high school. And that's probably another thing I would most likely like wish I'd known slash recommend and like advice and everything is you got to have film. Yeah. And in whichever way you can get film, do that because you're not going to get the attention from college if you don't have the film to back it up. Like, yeah. you can say whatever and so forth, but like I said, film matters. Yeah, film doesn't lie. Film don't lie. That's what we always say. My high school coach always said, the eye in the sky don't lie. And he's 100% right. Yeah. Um, cool. Anything else you want to say or talk about? Not really, man. Good. Just good to, have, good to be on here. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming and, uh, Thanks for listening, you guys that are listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unlocking Athletes podcast. If you liked what you heard, give us a follow, comment, and review. If you are or know of an athlete that truly has the desire to maximize their potential, please follow at EAX underscore Athlete Academy and send us a message. We do in-person and remote training for athletes in any sport and would love an opportunity to be a part of your journey. Until next time, be an example you want others to follow, be intentionally grateful every single day, and be the hardest worker in the room. Let's have a day.